2: Good evening, good evening, good evening, Red Raider Nation. This is Joe with the Cotton Club crew coming to you from the heartbeat of the South Plains in Texas Tech, the 806. I am Joe. I am joined this evening with Reed and Jack to kind of preview the Central Florida game. A very, very big game coming up. You have the 5-5 five and five UCF Knights coming into town looking for a bowl berth. You have the 5-5 five and five, Texas Tech Red Raiders, last home game senior night, also trying to clinch a bull berth. A lot of things on the line, a lot of unknowns. We have Texas coming up, so this, this game seems to be the most important game remaining on our schedule just to get into the bowl season. So, gentlemen, how are we doing this evening? Jack, I'll go to you first. How are you doing this evening, sir?
0: I can't complain too much, man. I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to get this team into a bowl game. And uh I'm just ready to make it happen. I'm I'm ready to play Texas, but um this is important. I I feel like I mean, you can easily say that this is the most important game of the season, uh but I truly believe it. So, um I think that this game quite frankly is a must win, but we'll get into it.
2: And Reed, how are you feeling this evening, sir?
1: Yeah, same my man. I was uh I was gonna Jack kind of took the words out of my mouth. I think this weekend's must win, uh, going to Austin next weekend. Obviously we've won there before, but it's typically uh, not in our favor. So uh we got we got a big one this weekend. We need to find a way to pull it out.
2: You can't get any bigger than this, you know. Last home game of the year, last time in the Jones, last time that we see some of these players out on that field. Tony Bradford, Rabbit. Tyler Shuck, I know he'll be on the field. I believe he is out of his boot and walking around doing a bunch of other things. But there's quite a bit of of players out there that are seniors that we won't see anymore. End of story. We will not see them in the red and black anymore. So this game is as crucial as they come. Five and five versus five and five, riding a nice win streak going into this game. We've beat TCU, we've beat Kansas. Next on that chopping block is the Central Florida. And let's kind of just jump into it. We were talking, guys, pre-show kind of about what kind of team Central Florida is. Started the year off 3-0. Plumlee is down after game two. He sits for a few games. You have you have his backup in the game there um, coming in in McLean to, to fill that void. They win one game under McLean and then that's when the losing starts at Kansas State loss at, against Baylor loss, which uh, if if you guys haven't remembered, that's the game that UCF just imploded. Baylor came back and won last minute, 36-35, then a tough loss at Kansas, a very tough loss against an Oklahoma team when you get Plumlee back, then another loss against West Virginia and then you've kind of started picking up the pieces were able to get a win at Cincinnati and then last week you were able to beat the brakes off of the Oklahoma State Cowboys as they were ranked um, 15 coming into Florida so a lot of night and day difference here fellas you have three games there where they look kind of like they were riding the ship welcoming into the Big 12 then they get welcome to the Big 12 with five straight L's. Reed, I'm going to go to you on this one first, man. Central Florida's rush defense is bottom of the barrel of the Big 12. Texas Tech's rush offense is top top four, I believe, in the Big 12 in the rushing department. Obviously, Taj Brooks has been getting a whole lot of carries here. Is this a game that we finally see a little bit more of a Cam Valdez in this situation, knowing the fact that Central Florida has had such a tough, uh, tough time defending the the run on this year,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I think you're gonna you're gonna have to use Valdez um, some more than you probably have in the last few weeks. And uh, really, being completely honest, I think he's played really well as, as our backup this season. It seems like he's uh, matured and grown quite a bit over the last couple of years since he's been in Lubbock. Um, obviously he sat behind Taj and, uh, Sir Roderick there for a couple of years before he graduated and left on, but, um, you're going to have to use both pieces at your disposal. Um, obviously we've used Xavier White, some out of the backfield as well. I, I could see him getting some, um, some type of touches or even just use miles out in jet sweeps, things of that nature. But, um, looking at their stats they are obviously a lot better in pass pro than they are, um, uh, rush defense so I think that plays into our favor obviously Baron Morton's not healthy still uh, I, I think it it's just going to be a game where we're going to have to run the ball quite a bit um, I know it's never really been our MO before this season but uh, right now you got one of the best backs in the nation and there's really no reason you shouldn't carry him through a game like this when like we said earlier it's basically a must win for you to get in a bowl game at this point so uh, you might as well do what you're good at, and, you know, if, if that gets you to a win, then that's what you should be doing.
2: Yeah, run, running game has been great. Taj has been great. Um, his carries have been on the little bit on the overside. We've been kind of somewhere but between the 20-25 carry mark, thinking that that would be fine for Taj, get Valdez in there, you know, anywhere between about 6 and 12 carries. 37 to 40 carries between both of these guys with Taj taking a majority of those runs, but Taj is on the field a lot. Let's just call it for what it is. Even when they're not rushing the ball, he's in there for pass protection. He's our best back at pass protection. And he, he takes a lot of damage. He, he takes a lot of hits, a lot of unnecessary hits. Jack coming to you with that. We saw last week against Kansas. Taj Brooks seemed to be a little bit fatigued there towards, you know, the latter ends after taking 25 plus carries in the first half. We saw him miss some open running lanes. We saw a little bit of a hiccup in his in his first step. How concerned are you moving forward into this Central Florida game with the amount of carries Taj has gotten this year and moving forward? Is this a concern now or is this just kind of ride it into the wheels fall off? I think it's a little bit of both right like yeah Taj is a workhorse man like he's
0: he's just a beast Um, but he's human the thing about it though is that we're not seeing enough carries from Cameron Valdez and let's not beat around the bush I mean there's a solid you know precedent there Taj has 226 carries this year he's granted he's still averaging five yard over five yards a carry which is nuts Cameron Valdez has 36 carries which if you really want to think about it is probably a game and a half for a normal running back Um, but 36 carries is probably close to what Taj got last week Uh, But Cameron Valdez has 233 yards on 36 carries for the year. He's averaging six and a half yards of rush. Like that's quite a bit. So uh, I would really like to see, I would really like to see some more runs from Cameron Valdez. I would like to see Zach Kittley trust Cameron Valdez to go out there and, and, you know, take, give Tosh some rest as well. Um, I did like what Reed said. Uh, I I know that we've, we've been using X out of the backfield ever, ever so often. And I know that we like to give the, the sweeps over to uh, miles price every so often. uh, And I'm really okay with that. Um, but at the same time, like, I really don't like all the fucking around in the backfield and sorry for those of you that, um, don't like the terminology, but, um, I feel like we do it too much. And I think it kind of ties in with the screen game. I think we rely on it too much. And I think it goes nowhere 90% of the time. I don't mind getting miles price and Xavier white touches out of the backfield. I really don't. I, I like it. I think that there's a lot of, um, you know, of positive things that can happen and out of those plays. Um, but I think that you're running them sideline to sideline every time you get them the ball in the backfield and you're not running them North and South. They're running more East and West. And I think that's where the problem happens. So moral of the story, run Taj run him a lot. I, I don't think that I even had a problem with the amount of carries he had last week, but when he's getting that fatigue and you notice that I think you can trust Cameron Valdez to be back there and, take some of the workload off. I think he's earned it. And, uh, you know, shit. If you're, if you're really not trusting Cameron Valdez, I don't know why you don't throw Bryson Donnell out there as well. I, I think it's, it's time to see the future at times when, when Taj is dead tired, there's nothing wrong with seeing what tech has to offer going forward in the next couple of years. And that's Cameron Valdez and Bryson Donnell. So, um, let's see it. I'm for it. So, let's see it.
2: You make a very valid point there. Cam Valdez is a little bit on the smaller guy, smaller size if you're comparing him to Taj Brooks, if you're comparing him to Bryson Donnell, if, even if you're uh, comparing him to Anquan Willis, I believe is the the other running back there. These are all younger guys, redshirt freshmen, true freshmen. These are but bigger bodied guys. Cam is the the slender one out of their group now if he's having issues with pass protection i don't see the issue in bringing in a bigger running back to fill that void and then if you need you know those east and west plays that you need a burner out there or somebody who could get east and west quick and then cut it upfield you have those running backs there you have xavier white you have miles price you have dre mccray nehemiah martinez might be in there somewhere if i'm not mistaken get these guys in open field space because they could make plays with their feet but if you have these guys that are just running east and west all the all the time to your point Jack these guys are just winded Taj is probably out on the field I would say maybe 85% of the plays even the plays that he's you know not even running the ball just in pass protection and that takes a that takes a lot we've to your point just like you said we're all human we all get tired And yes, if you see your guy gas, go ahead, pull him out, give him a blow. Cause these are guys that you need on the back end of the football game to be successful, especially if it, if that game comes down to the very last drive where you need those tough yards to keep a drive going to eat up some clock, you know, things like that. These are the drives that you need a healthy and, and a hundred percent full go for Taj Brooks. And I, And I see the wear and tear coming on him a little bit more whenever it gets to those fourth quarters where it looks like he's probably about 80 percent, which is still, by his standards, damn good for the Big 12 with what he's been doing. But he he is human. You have guys back there. You have to trust him. You have to. These are guys that are ultimately going to be the future of this program. This is what you're going to be running with. So either trust your guys or bring in somebody else from the back there who you think is capable and we'll see what happens but i think he is getting a little it's a lot wear and tear it's like tread on a tire the more and more you drive it the less and less that tread's going to be there so kitley has a lot to do with this game obviously for many reasons but this is one of those games where you got to at least kind of equal out some of these runs there and give Taj a blow. So like I said, a lot to lot to kind of to wrap your head around there. Taj is a hell of a back. I love him to death. He's the backbone of our offense and you kind of need him to to be successful. But there's got to be a time and place when and how you're using him. So we'll see what Kitley has in store against this Central Florida team and a defense that is Lacking on the rushing defense side, so like I said, we'll we'll kind of get into that as closer as the game comes. But now jumping into um, Baron Morton, fellas, obviously I guess collectively we could all agree that Baron isn't a hundred percent, maybe seventy five, maybe eighty, but I would say eighty would be the top of the line. I don't think he's above eighty percent right now. That shoulder still seems like it's bothering him, lingering him. He's taking some hits. We don't know the severity of it, but he still just doesn't look right from from the perspective of anybody that I know watching the football games. So Reed, given the given the UCF pass defense and what Barron is bringing to the table, how critical is it for Barron to be successful? for this team to be successful on Saturday night?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously important, but at the same time, I feel like it's more of a um, – with with how poor they are in pass defense and what we know that we can probably do in the run game, uh, he really seems to go out there and, and be a game manager in my eyes. Like, he doesn't have to go out there and throw for 350 and three touchdowns in order for us to win Saturday by any means, so – um, you know, if we got, you know, intermediate long third down plays, get him some some slant routes and some go routes and stuff like that where he can throw a ball up and go at receivers go get it. But, uh, I mean, other than that, just just don't turn the ball over, which for the most part, knock on wood, he's, he's been pretty solid with. Um, you know, he's, he's got two good backs right behind him, and offensive line has played good at times this year, hit, kind of hit or miss. But, uh, I mean, most of the time they've been better – especially after the bye week with, with the switch at, uh, um, with, with Wilburn back to center, I think is, has made a big difference for, uh, for everybody. So hopefully that stays true this weekend and next, but, uh, I really just think he needs to, you know, just kind of play what's in front of him. Don't try and do too much cause you really shouldn't have to in order to win this game and rely on your run game, but right behind you to go, uh, get the yards you need most of the time outside of, you know, probably a handful of plays where, um, we're we're kind of outside of, the, of of running the ball. So um, he's obviously your best option in quarterback, even at eighty percent. I don't, I think I'd mentioned it in the past. I just don't think Jake Strong is ready for this type of of game yet. And I mean, it is what it is. Hopefully, he's ready in the future. But right now, I'd rather take my my seventy five percent healthy Baron Morton at this point.
2: Now we get a key guy coming back. Jack, we uh Mason Tharp has been missing the last few games with that injury. We get him back against Central Florida. Our tight end game and our tight end presence throughout the season has kind of been, let's call it for better words, um uneventful. They just it hasn't been anything, you know, there's been flashes here and there, but there's not it's not been consistent it hasn't fully been in there given kind of the team we're playing the defense we're playing do you see mason tharp being involved in this game and if you do what kind of capacity do you see him at are we going to try and get him in the middle of the field kind of open some things up there if they're crowding the box is this the game where we kind of see you know the kitley's evolving into the tight end and getting these guys involved because we do have some game changers on the, on our tight end side of the ball. But is this the game that you think that we could utilize these guys a little bit more than we have during the season?
0: God, I hope so. Um, Man, this team has the best. I still think this is the best tight end group in the country and it's the most underutilized and it's criminal. It's criminal how underutilized uh, these tight ends are. I think there's a real possibility that at some point in this game, you see UCF put possibly seven, maybe even eight guys in the box. And with that being said, I'd like to see some play action to the tight ends. Shit, I wouldn't even mind lining Baylor Cup and Tharp out there at the same time and just let them go crazy. Uh, I think that, You really need to utilize the tight ends because and with all due respect to everyone involved, this is a good pass defense. And to be blunt, our receivers haven't done jack shit this year. It's been the most disappointing uh, position group on this team. So I don't see our receivers getting open worth of shit against this Pass defense. So it's going to be the tight ends in the passing game, or there will be no passing game. Um, So, in my mind, I don't think there's a better position group on this team to take the blunt or the brunt of that um, other than Mason Tharp, Henry Teeter, and Baylor Cup. Uh, Three very talented guys and three very good tight ends. Uh, I think they're all very good for different reasons. And I think that they can all be utilized in a very positive way to impact this game. Now, your question though, was, will they be, I think that's the million dollar question. Do you, do you think, I don't know, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't think, I just can't trust it. I, I think that they should be getting each probably, you know, four to five targets. In this one. And, and I think that that might be 20 pass attempts in this game. And 15 of them should be to the tight ends. And I'm dead serious when I say that. Um, because like I mentioned, these receivers haven't been getting open worth of shit all year. And um, I think it's big. It's about time to use Mason Tharp. And I'm glad to see that he's back. We missed him. And... I think Henry Teeter and Baylor cup are fantastic in their own rights. And I think that it's very possible that you could see all three of these guys be utilized correctly. If Zach Kitley's willing to do it. So I hope that they do. And I hope that they each get five targets. And if put it down, if you run the ball over 40 times, and you throw the ball 20 times, and 15 of them are two tight ends, Texas Tech wins this game easily, with ease. Tech wins this game by 21 to 28 points if they do that. But if they don't, it's going to be very close.
2: You heard it here, folks. 15, 15 targets for our tight end group. We win by 28. Jack's taking it to the bank. I will follow suit and double down on that. If it, if it doesn't happen that way, then I believe it's going to be a close game. I mean, they've played fairly close games all year. There's a handful of games where they lost by two touchdowns or more, but for the most part, they've been in, in these games that came down towards the last possession of the game. So just to kind of avoid that, let's just go out and do what we know we're capable of doing. So, so, speaking to the point of you know our wide receivers not being able to get open that that's been terrible all year it hasn't been consistent one bit we're also not helping our guys out by throwing the ball sideline to sideline for a screen where you have wide receivers who do not block you don't have an Antoine Wesley out there you don't have a Bradley Marquez out there blocking for these kind of for our receivers out there and these plays just our throwaway plays. Essentially we are throwing a a play away just to get a yard. And whenever we need seven plus. So uh, if we were, if we are to stay away from those plays, I'd, that'd be greatly appreciated. Um, Signed me and a bunch of tech fans that I know it's just, it's terrible. It takes too long to develop. We don't have the, the wide receivers to block for said plays. So let's change it up. Get, get our guys in the middle of the field, throw some quick slants. That seems to have worked in the past. Let's just do something different. But these little flare screens out to our wide receivers were barren. It's just throwing it, not positive, throwing it behind the line of scrimmage, 25 yards and our receiver not going anywhere. Those days are done. Let's just get rid of that play. I don't like seeing it. I know I'm not the only one speaking on that, but let's just get rid of that. Get some slants, get our the inside seams going. Let's do a little bit. Let's do something different. There's nothing wrong with change. There is absolutely nothing wrong with change. UCF won't see it coming. We'll get some playmakers the ball, open some other things up, open up that playbook a little bit more. We don't have nothing to lose here. Yes, this game is super critical because we go to Austin next week, but we have to do the easy things. And you have to give what you have to give what they or you have to take what they give you. It's easier said than done, but I mean, it's it's there for the taking. We just have to go and take it. So, like I said, offensive side of the ball, I'm I'm assured that we're probably going to lean heavy on Taj Brooks again, but there are going to be times there where the ball is going to be in Morton's hand and he's going to need to make the play. So, hopefully, our tight end group will be highlighted in that playbook of Kitley's, and maybe we get some of these guys some touches, you know, to kind of. Ease up that defense of them kind of of stacking the box against a rushing attack that we have. So now we'll just jump over onto the defensive side and what Texas Tech needs to do defensively to stop this Central Florida offense attack. Central Florida is leading. I repeat, Central Florida is leading the Big 12 in rushing they're better than texas they're better than oklahoma they're better than us they're better than everybody in the big 12 so our guys are going to have their hands full staying in their lanes staying disciplined wrapping up getting the guys to the ground these are the kinds of games that that you need to win in the trenches Central Florida has a back. His name is R.J. Harvey, if I'm not mistaken. He's on a similar tear as Taj Brooks is. Since October 7th, when they played at Kansas, he is averaging over 100 yards per game on the ground. And with the latest rushing attack that he put out against number 15 Oklahoma State, where he ran the ball for 206 yards this tech defense is going to have its hands full with the rushing attack. Jack, I'm going to go to you on this first. There's been some rumblings. I don't know if that they're confirmed or anything like that, but around the rumor mill is we may keep Jacob Rodriguez out of this game, save him for that Texas game, preserve that red shirt and and move forward with him that way. How big of a loss is that for this tech defense do we need jacob rodriguez to stop this running attack do we need jacob rodriguez on the field to be successful against this running attack in your eyes what do you think about this tech defense potentially playing without jacob rodriguez this weekend
0: i understand it i don't know if i necessarily agree with it i think I will say this. I think the best player on this defense this season has been the guy that they had to replace Jacob Rodriguez in the meantime. And he played so well coming in that he, they forced, he has forced the coaches to have to keep him on the field. And that's Ben Roberts. Uh, I think Ben Roberts is my defensive MVP for the season. If I had to pick, but with that being said, I think that this defense can thrive without Jacob Rodriguez. And I don't mean that as a hit on Jacob Rodriguez at all. By any means, this defense is leaps and bounds better with him on the field. Um, but this defense made it work for, you know, pretty much every game since Wyoming, since the second half of the Wyoming game. Right. So this defense hasn't been terrible really at all this year i think that uh, the way i want to go about saying it is that you hold you hold houston to 28 you hold baylor 14 those those aren't really good teams yeah you let up 38 to kansas state in a game that was just truly just terrible. Most of those were most of that 38 was scored late. Um, but really these other games, you're not giving up that many points. I mean, you're giving up 27 to BYU in Provo. Uh, you're giving up 28 to TCU at home. You, you only gave up 13 to Kansas. Uh, granted, Jacob Rodriguez was there for that. Um, but, it's manageable is what I'm saying. This this defense, I think the I think the scores are kind of misleading because even in the losses that Tech has had where take take the K State game out of it. And you could really take BYU out of it too, because that game was just terrible all around. I don't think there's really been a game this year that you haven't been in or at least had the opportunity to win. And I I think that Even, you mean you really want to get into it? I think that you could make the case that you had a chance to be in that BYU game. Um, and you were with K State for a majority of the game, uh, until you know you kind of fell apart there at the end. But this defense has done more than enough to put this team in positions to win the game. Uh, and I think that having been Roberts there. I think with Josiah Pierre, you know Miles Cole, um, you know I think Steve. I think we said in pre-show. I can't remember if we talked about it or not, but I think I think we said Steve Linton is a game-time decision. Um, But you know he he might be in. Uh, Bryce Ramirez has played well. I think that I, I like the idea of you know Baskerville and. Uh Owen swapping, I believe, that they did a couple weeks back. I think that it's, you know, made this defense a little better. And I just the the bottom line here is this defense was okay without him. They still put this team in positions to win ball games. And that's all you can ask them to do this week, especially against the best rushing attack in the Big Twelve. Um where I'm worried about and where tech has struggled um they didn't last week and I think that if they really want to win this game they can follow the game plan from last week that they had against Kansas is I'm worried about when UCF gets the ball on their on the Red Raiders side of the field when they're in plus territory and that's when Plumlee starts to run and you you mentioned it Plumlee's missed you know four games or whatever um he has 331 yards rushing on the year. He's averaging over five yards of carry and he has four touchdowns on him on his own. Um, Harvey has 12. So, um, uh, I'm worried about Plumlee running. I, I know that I this is the thing. I know that RJ Harvey's going to run and I know that he's going to do it well. Um, but I think it's the unknowns here. Um, so, I like, I really liked what we did last week against kids. I think that game plan uh, was phenomenal. And I almost think you do somewhat of a carbon copy on this one. Cause we were worried about Bean running all over us last week. Uh, and granted due to injury uh, held him in check, but at the same time, you can say that even when he was healthy and in the game, he really didn't have any sort of, you know, positive rushes. So uh, I think that you almost make a carbon copy of last week's, uh, of last week's game plan and kind of run with it, see what you get.
2: Yeah, the game plan for Kansas last week was spot on. Um, that's before the bean injury, I believe we still kind of held him in check. And then the only run that he had was that run that he took that hit on that ultimately knocked him out of the game. So that's kind of the game plan that you would hope that DeRooter, you know, um, puts together for this kind of game. Um, Just to correct you, Jack, um, Linton, I believe, was back. Um, Tyler Owens is a game-time decision with the ankle this week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And if he's not able to play, we've seen a lot of Brendan Jordan who's been out there. We've seen a lot of Braylon Lux, Baskerville, um, Rashad Williams, Malik, and Rabbit. We've just seen kind of different groups of guys back there. We've seen some Marion Horn out there as well. So I expect it to be something kind of a, a, a group effort back there. It's just going to be mixed and matched. But I do believe that we're going to have the guys back there to handle, handle this offense. Now, what you were saying about Plumlee, yes, he has the ground game and he is very dangerous. If he gets out of the pocket, he's very dangerous. If you give him any kind of opening or window, you don't wrap him up. Um, But he does make those errand throws. He does have seven picks on the season. That's still a lot, you know, given the circumstances of how many games he's missed. He has passed 1,500 yards after missing X amount of games, but he does have those interceptions out there. He's taken about six or seven sacks on the year. If you get to him, you have to bring him down. End of the story. If you have to have somebody spy him or whatever, I don't know the exact game plan DeRooter is going to put out there. But to exactly what you're saying, Jack, if you do a carbon copy of what you did last week, I think you could find success against this, this UCF offensive attack. So we'll see what DeRuiter throws out to the field on, on Saturday, what kind of game plan, um, what kind of defense we're going to see, what players we're going to see out there. But se- senior night, like I said, the these seniors, with all the seniors that we have on this defensive side of the ball, expect them to be energized, expect them to be, to rise to the occasion. So I do expect our defensive front to, to cause more of havoc than they've shown this year. That's my hope. I just really think that they're, they're due. So we'll kind of touch on a little bit more on this offense read. Um, we have Plumlee, we have Harvey. I believe the other gentleman's name is Javon Baker. Um, is a wide receiver, has almost 800 yards receiving this year. You have Kobe Hudson, Xavier Townsend, Randy Pittman as a tight end, all kind of contributing to this offense. And your eyes, given taking away Plumlee and R.J. Harvey, who's the next big guy on for this tech defense to keep an eye on that who could potentially hurt you if you don't keep him in front of you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's probably more than one answer there. Uh, even outside of uh, their their backfield, I think Jack earlier mentioned they had two receivers over 700 yards. So, uh, to be completely honest, I don't I don't know that there's one guy in particular we really need to key on. Uh, it just sounds like they're they're really just a solid offense at, at pretty much every level. Um, the one thing that I particularly don't know a ton about with them is their offensive line. So. Uh, if we do have a guy like a Steve Linton back um, as well as Miles Cole, and then you two guys in the middle. I'd like to think we could uh, probably put a little pressure on Plumlee because um, I may be incorrect, but I, I believe the injury he had w- was to the leg. Maybe one of you guys could confirm that. So um, not sure how mobile he is now compared to what he was before the injury. So, um, you know, that, that could potentially kind of play into our favor as well where He's going to have to sit in the pocket a little bit more if he's throwing the ball, and we won't have to worry about him taking off as much. Hopefully, but um, uh, yeah, I'd like to answer your question, really, I don't. I don't think there's one guy we really got to worry about because it seems like there's a multitude of, of of players on their offense that can kill us. So, I, I think the number one priority is going to have to be stopping the run because, obviously, you, you mentioned them being number one in the in the conference with rushing the ball. And I watched the Oklahoma State game last week and. I don't know what Oklahoma state was doing, but those guys with UCF were running the ball about as good as I'd seen all season from anybody. So, um, I'm pretty sure I'd mentioned like when I was watching, they would, they were getting 15, 20 yards a, a carry pretty easily. So without even getting touched by anybody. So I don't know if that says more to their offense or says less to the Oklahoma state defense, but, um, you know, it, it was it was definitely a sight to see, and one that I know that um, has has definitely been better on our, our the tech defense recently with with rush defense than you know what it was five years ago. So there was I mean there was a point in time where if anybody had a decent running back, they were going to have a field day against us, and thankfully it's not like that anymore. So um, it, it's it's be good to see you stop that first, and kind of take care of the other problems behind that.
2: Yes, and it was a a leg injury for Plumlee, um, and he wasn't even a hundred percent. Whenever he played against Oklahoma, he was pretty damn close, and he's taken some hits from there. So I'm sure he's still probably not at a hundred percent. So that would be something to watch, just to see if he takes a hit, how he responds to taking said hit, and see if we get in his inside, you know, to make it to making him feel uncomfortable back there. We make him start feeling uncomfortable. That's essentially the head of the snake. I know you have a hell of a back and Harvey back there, and you have some wide receivers that could that could hurt you when they have the ball in their hands. But if you don't have that guy throwing or handing it off to him, they're kind of they're kind of dead in the water. I know McClane had played quite a bit and he's a good quarterback, but he's not plumly. Let's just call it for what it is. He's not plumly, just like we could say for what it's worth strong isn't morton and he's just not quite there yet it it happens so a lot is going to be riding on plumley to get this offense going because like i said it, it starts and ends with him if he's able to get the ball out if he's able to make some first downs with his feet and they're able to move the ball on the ground this could be a tough sledding game for this tech defense but that's why the games are played on the field. We'll see what happens. We'll see who shows up, what kind of defenses being run, everything. This is a big game, like I said, for both programs, both trying to get into bowl eligibility. This is a huge game, especially on our end, more so just knowing who lies in wait on Black Friday. So offense, defense aside, or offense and defense, um, I'm going to go to you, Jack, first, and then, Reed, I'm going to go to you, Jack, I'm going to stay on the defensive side. Key player for Texas Tech to be successful. Are we riding with Ben Roberts, or are you seeing somebody else on this defense, a senior who needs to step up at the biggest time to get this team closer to bowl eligibility? Um,
0: I've been riding with Ben Roberts all year, and I still think he's my defensive MVP. Um, but I'm going to cheat today, and I'm taking two guys um, for my my play, my keys on defense for Texas Tech in this one. Um, and it's my boys, Tony Bradford and Jalen Hutchings. Um, just want to give a shout out to these two guys. Um, they are true Red Raiders, and um, we're going to miss them big time. And I'm really glad that They chose to come back this year and um, just really thankful to have those guys in our corner for all these years and um, everything that they've done for Lubbock and for Texas Tech. Um, They're stand-up A-plus guys, and um, they've meant a lot to the university and to the football team. Um, I think they go out in huge fashion, big-time game, uh, up front there in the trenches, and uh, I think that shutting down the run game starts with starts with them with them too and I, and I think that they stand up tall in their last game in the Jones, and uh, I think that they come up big.
2: Couldn't have been said better. True red Raiders these are those red Raiders that have been there through the shit. If you know what I mean, they've been there through the shit, ups and downs. They've had their chances to leave, but they decided to stay in Lubbock and stay and play for the university that they love, and they couldn't be more beloved here in this in Tech in Lubbock, Texas. These guys are these are what you build a program off of. These kinds of guys, loyal guys, and this is what they're about. You couldn't have said it any better. Like I said, um, Tony Bradford, Jalen Hutchings, these are guys that the cornerstone of this program and guys that will be talked about well after this year of guys who who stood out in a program that just were the epitome of program like these are the guys you your Sir Roderick Thompson kind of guys, your Norrence Odiasi kind of guys. These are those guys he those two guys are going to be easily right there next to those guys and hell I'll even throw rabbit in there. For what it's worth i mean these are guys that bleed um scarlet and black these are the guys that you know that you need and if those two go out with a bang then i see this team winning this game and you know rightfully so because that means they're stopping the run they're they're causing trouble in the backfield they're being disruptive they're doing what they do and from the interior part of that defensive line if you're having trouble with the with the interior now you have your linebackers and your outside guys feasting so hopefully they could leave lubbock with a bang or leave the jones with a bang one last time and i'm here for it so we'll see what what those guys up front do for us on saturday jumping over to the offensive side of the ball there reed your player to watch your player who needs to have a big game we ride in with taj you have a dark horse there that you Think needs to be needs to have a big game for us to be successful. What are your thoughts, my man?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I kind of took a shot on somebody last week and um, may not have stood out huge in statistics, but made some big time plays down the stretch last week. And and, and Jaron Bradley obviously had that huge catch on the last drive. So uh, I'm going to stay in the passing game. I'm going to piggyback off of uh, Jack a little bit there. I'm going to take our, uh, our big man Baylor Cup and the tight end group uh, to, to have a solid game. Obviously, like, like Jack had said, I think this is a good matchup to where uh, we, we need to utilize them. Um, I don't really know what to expect from Tharp, obviously, coming off the of injury. He may not be 100% for all we know. So I, I think Cup probably can play the majority of the staffs at, at that position, if I had to guess. So, um He's probably your, your best all-around tight end in terms of blocking and catching the ball. Um, I, Tharp probably has better catching abilities solely, but probably not as good in, in blocking scheme. So uh, I think Cup has a solid game if, if we look to give him the ball. I mean, there's been times where um, I, I think back to this route every year last year when we played Texas, uh, when Donovan played, and uh, they played like a little – um, cup kind of ran the little five yard out and then ran up the rest of the seam down the sideline and got open for a touchdown routes like that. I, I think are big. Cause I mean, you're getting your playmakers pretty much out of the way and uh, back in the defense, is playing towards them. And then your tight end pops open on the backside. So um, stuff like that, I, I think you get him involved, obviously as well. You're going to be looking to run the ball quite a few times. So I expect Taj to have a big game, whether, you know, we, we win or not, he's probably going to get his touches. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go Baylor the cup here.
2: We've been screaming it all year, get our, getting our tight ends involved. There's no bigger game than Saturday mid afternoon in the Jones senior day for these guys to be involved, heavily be involved. It's what we want to see, you know, these are the, these are guys. These are guys who can make plays. These are guys that are big bodied guys. Just give them a chance. Give them an opportunity, throw the ball up to them. Let them make a play because they can make the plays that are necessary to move this offense, to make Barron's job a whole lot easier. Give these guys a shot. So I, I agree with you there. Taj is going to be Taj. Taj is going to get his touches. That's just how this offense operates. So going with the tight end group, I'm with you there, Reed. Get these guys involved early, get this offense moving, get this defense playing on their heels, and let's just go to work. Let's go to work and get this W for for Lubbock. Let's get this W for all the seniors, and let's become bowl eligible. That's the name of the game. One game out of two, we just got to get one W, but this is obviously the, the easiest path to becoming bowl eligible. Now, guys, coming towards the end of this podcast, I got two more questions left. You, can, we're, I'm going to piggyback them off of each other. I'm going to ask you both the same question. Um, obviously, the first question is going to be prediction of this game. And then the second question is just pretty much if you had one word to describe this game, what word are you choosing? Jack, I'm going to you first on this. What's that one word you're using to describe this football game? And what's your score prediction for this Saturday?
0: Hmm. If I had to choose one word to describe this game, um, damn, put me on the spot here. Uh, I, I, I I'm gonna use two. I'm sorry, I can't lose. Uh, and or yeah, must win. Maybe that's hyphenated. Must win. I, you, you gotta win this. Um, with that being said, I think tech wins if they run the ball 40 plus times and throw to the tight ends, at least 15 times. Uh, I don't think that their running back or I'm sorry, their linebackers are big enough to hang with our tight ends. Please throw the ball to the tight ends. Please run the ball 40-plus times, and I need at least, like, 32 of those to go to Taj. Um, But also, let's not be afraid to use the backups. Like we talked about, let's not be afraid to throw in Cameron Valdez or even a Bryson Donnell. Um, So I'm going to go just reiterate what I said earlier. You know, if you if you throw the ball 20 times in this one and you run it 45, um, you know, 35 of them to Taj 10 to the others and you throw the 15 targets to the tight ends. I think you win this game by 28 points. I really do. Um, I don't know necessarily your defense. I think your defense can slow down the run game enough to, to make it that margin, but I just don't think they'll be able to stop the offense. If you really subscribe to that game plan. So, um, Prediction, I'll go, I'll go 45-28, nah, I won't, I'll go, uh, I'll go 38-31 tech, because I don't think Zach Kitley will listen to this podcast, and if he does, which I know he doesn't, but if he would, he wouldn't take my advice anyway, so, uh. Yeah, I'm going to go 38-31, Tech.
2: Must win. I'll I'll allow it. I will allow it as a hyphenated must win. I like the score prediction a little bit higher than what I'm shooting, but I'll get to that in a second. Reed, you are on the spot, my, my friend. One word to describe this game and your prediction for this football game on Saturday afternoon.
1: Yeah, well, thankfully I got the uh, the second choice here, so I had a little bit more time to think about it than uh, Jack did. But uh, I'm gonna go. My word is grind. Uh, I think it's gonna be kind of a battle. Um, obviously, both teams like to run the ball, so I, I don't think either quarterback is gonna throw for for 300 yards or anything. Um, obviously, I mean their their pass game is is not bad by any means, but if they're running the ball effectively, I don't think they're really going to go away from it because they got two backs that can run pretty well. So, uh, it's going to be grind for, for, both teams on both sides of the ball. Um, I, I also kind of go with Joe here. I, I don't think the scoring is going to be that high. I anticipated tech and Kansas to put up some points last week. And then obviously we, we didn't even touch 30 combined, um, between the two of us. So, uh, if our defense continues to play like that, especially in the run game, I'd i would I'd like to think we can keep them under 21 or right around it. So uh, that being said, I think I'm going to go Tech 27,
2: UCF 21. Solid prediction there. That's a little bit closer to what I'm thinking. Um, I'm going to do my one word, and that's fight because this is what we're fighting for. Granted, we have two games left, but this is the biggest one, the last one in Lubbock, the last one in Lubbock for these seniors. And it's it's going to be a fight. Just to your point, Reed, a grind is going to be essentially the same thing. You're going to have to you're going to have to get dirty. You're going to have to do the the things where you've lacked. You're going to have to you're just going to have to do it. They carry around this tire on the sideline. And I've been asked this so many times while in Lubbock at the stadium, when it, when we're doing it, I've been asked by some of you guys, why the tire is such a big integral part of what Texas tech football is. If you guys haven't seen the movie Creed two, there is a scene in the movie there towards the end when Michael B. Jordan's character is finding himself after catching one of the the biggest ass whoopings of his career and he's finally finding himself. He gets put in this desert where they're training and there's a training scene there where there's a tire on the ground. One guy versus one guy. One foot each of them with one foot in that tire and it's a fight. That's why I chose fight. They're going to have to fight. It's going to be a dog fight. It could be even lower scoring than twenty seven to twenty one read. i I would really like to see a little bit more points on the board, but it could be a dog fight. It just could be um, back and forth, a grinded out kind of win. So I'm saying texas tech twenty four UCF seventeen is my prediction for the game and just go out there and fight. This is a battle. it's a it's gonna be a fight. so go out there fight your ass off and get that W get to bowl season and go into Austin, not having to really worry about how important that game is. It is important. If you want to ruin things for Texas, because that's big for me, if you want to go and ruin their big 12 chances by going into Austin and giving them an, an L by all means, we're all here for it. I promise you. And with that loss of their running back for the season with that torn ACL, Hate to see it for him because he's a hell of a running back, but that just makes things a little bit easier for us. But we'll get into that next week, Thanksgiving week. We're concentrating on the nights this week, and this is where we're at. Fight, grind, just win. This is all the components that we need to come out on top. This is everything that we need to do. So we'll see exactly how this all plays out. Hopefully, we're back talking to you on Sunday. I'm um, talking about tech securing a bull bid, talking about Taj's big day, defense's big day, seniors' big day, whatever it may be. As long as it's a win, we're going to talk about it. If it's a loss, we'll talk about it, but we're just not going to be as happy about it. So we'll see what happens on Saturday, four o'clock, kind of a weird kickoff time for people watching or coming to the game. It's in Lubbock at the Jones. If you're here in Lubbock or coming into town, get here, support these seniors, be there, be loud, be proud to support this university and all those seniors that have put in so much hard work for this university and this football team over the years. Just go out and support them, whether you like the coaching staff, whether you like this, that, or the other, go do it for the team, be out there, be loud. So we are going to cut this recording off for the evening. I am Joe with the Cotton Club crew, with Reed, with Jack. We'll be back with you guys with more content. Basketball season is already upon us. They're in the middle of game three right now. Halftime, Red Raiders up. The Red and Black series just concluded. Me and Kendall will be talking about that later. I'm sorry, me and Jack will be talking about that later on. Me and Kendall will be talking about the basketball team moving forward into that tournament. Um, for Atlantis soon. So just be on the lookout for more content from us. We're here for you guys. Please respond. Please tell us what you feel. Ask us questions. We're all here for you. We all do it because we love Texas Tech. And I'm speaking not just for me, but I'm speaking for everybody who's involved with this podcast and everything we do. We truly love Texas Tech University, and we would love all of the support. So from Joe, Reed, and Jack, we are calling it evening. You guys have a wonderful rest of your week. Good night and wreck them.